Have you ever thought that changing your name would change you because you've done some infamous stuff? Well, today we're going to go over somebody that changed his name to a different killer. We're going to talk about Joe Rifkin. Ladies and gentlemen of all ages, boys and girls, thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of Angry Me Production. We appreciate you coming in and letting us be a part of your lives week in and week out. We hope to do our best to present you with something that your eardrums delight in. Whether you're looking at us on YouTube or Rumble or listening to us on Spotify, Google, or Anchor, or any of the other podcast services that we are currently on or trying to get on. We thank you. And if you don't mind, at the end of every episode, stop by. Leave us a comment. Leave us a like. If it asks for five stars, we'll take five stars, even if you don't like us. Five stars are what it's all about. With that being said, we hope you enjoy our attempt to make our advocation, our vocation. Ladies and gentlemen, let the games begin. We here at Angry Me Production want to thank our sponsor, Mobile Notary Mindy. She's certified with the National Notary Association. She's also bonded and E&O insured. She offers a wide range of services, including wills, powers of attorney, medical documents, healthcare proxies, living wills, certification of trust, assignment of personal property. HIPAA waivers, advanced healthcare directives, and 99 verification. You can find her on Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram at Mobile Notary Mindy. You can also visit her webpage at TexasMobileNotaryMindy.com. That's TXMobileNotaryMindy.com. Thank you so much and enjoy the show. Welcome, Angry Faithful. Yes, today we're going to talk about Joel Rifkin. Uh, basically, put in the comments. Starting out from here and figure out who he changed his name from and see if you're right. Because this is this is a hilarious one. I uh I, I couldn't believe it when I heard it or I, when I read it. But uh going through this, it was just the uh it was the funniest thing. So today we're gonna go over Joel David Rifkin, born January 20th, 1959, also known as Joel the Ripper. Because he, Jay and Ripper, yeah, you get it. Anyways, uh, Rifkin's parents were both young college students, and his biological father was an Army veteran. <clears throat> On February 14th, 1959, when he was three weeks old, Rifkin uh, was actually adopted by an upper middle class couple living on Long, Long Island. Rifkin poor poorly in school during uh due to learning disabilities and the upper uh unpopular with his classmates. He graduated from East Middle uh Meadows High School in 1977, then attended uh classes in Nes Nessus 
Nessus, Stephen Hawking from Beyond the Grave. We have our first problem. Nassau. Nassau uh, Community College, uh, the State University of uh, New York, and uh, at uh, Breckport and the State University of New York and Flamingdale. But after, uh, but left after even trying to earn a degree. After leaving college, Rifkin became a self-employed landscaper. Now, going on to the murders. In 1989, a golfer reached the seventh hole at the Hopewell Go uh, Valley Golf Club in New Jersey. He noticed something odd in the creek running alongside the course. It was uh, a paint can with a severed head inside. The head went uh, went unidentified for 24 years. Uh, blood tests revealed that uh, that the murder victim had been po HIV positive and the residents of uh, and a resident of Hopewell Township. Uh, okay. And residents of Hopefield Township soon began to speculate about the victim's identity of a serial killer. Now, the reason why this uh, head was actually not able to be identified at, at first, uh, what had happened going over the actual uh, video of this crime, uh, the person that found it, the head, uh, the cops actually came by uh, collecting the evidence and everything, and what had happened was, is the person's face was ripped off because it was just the top part of the head. They had actually uh, some forensic investigation, science-y stuff, uh, recreate the jawline because the, the teeth were gone. All, all the kind of identifying markings were gone. But uh, let's get back into it. Uh, as time went on and the head was never claimed, rumors began to uh, circulate and always seemed to end in one, two possibilities. The mafia or a silly career had done it. Recalled J. Bruce uh, Oakturn. Oak oh, Stephen Hawking's From the Grave. Please help me out with this. Olukotin. Olukotin. Sorry. Burped at the same time trying to say that. An author who lived in the sleepy, most peaceful town at the time where the head was found. It turned out that later uh, the latter was true. Joel Rifkin, a Silico who lived in Long Island, New York, had murdered a sex worker named Susie in 1989 and then dismembered her body. Uh, to conceal his crimes, he placed her head in a paint can and left, her, uh, left it in the woods next to the golf course. Susie, whose real name was Heidi Blanche, was Rifkin's first victim. Chilling, uh, chilling the murderer, uh, murderer would go on to brutal kill, killing of 17 women total, most of whom were sex workers, until he was arrested in 1993. Now, going in. Rifkin, we'll go a little bit more. Okay. Okay. 
Sorry, I ended up doing another one thinking I had more information and it didn't uh, have any kind of information. But anyways, as Joel Rifkin entered adulthood, he spent most of his time alone and eventually began developing dark fantasies of raping and killing women. By the time he uh, started classes at Newson uh, Community College in the late 1970s, as I already said, he also uh, became obsessed with visiting sex workers. He'd often skip school and uh, his part-time job to spend time with them. Though he tried attending other schools, he continued to struggle in Calais. Around the mid-1980s, Joel Rifkin uh, gave up on finishing high school or college and became a landscaper, as I already said. Uh, he would isolate himself and, and internalize these fantasies without developing strong social contacts. Explaining, for instance, experts and for, uh, former FBI profile Mark uh, Shank Shankford Shank Safari uh, Basically, what the uh, forensics expert said is he turned inward. In 1989, Rifkin finally bowled over as he murdered his first victim, a 25-year-old Manhattan-based sex worker known as Susie, whose real name was eventually Heidi Blanche. After Rifkin uh, brought Blanche uh, to his family home while his relatives were away, he blundered her after ha uh, they had sex. He then sh uh, strangled her to death before dismembering her corpse in the basement. Not for none. She was. I mean, the photos are really, really old. So, yeah. And she was not bad looker. I don't know if her face was like acne ridden or it was the photograph because it's a very, very old photograph. And she wasn't bad looker. Uh, after that, he dumped her. I can't believe I'm, I'm doing that and talking about, you know, oh, that victim wasn't all that bad looking. Oh, yeah, she's dead. Never mind. Anyway, anyway, yeah, I'm a horrible person. Uh, after that, he dumped her body in the, uh, various places in New York, in New Jersey, and in New York. Most infamously, he, uh, he left her head in the Hope Valley uh, uh, Golf Club. Even though uh, the head was found just days after the murder, it wasn't until uh, long after Rifkin's arrest that anyone was able to figure out exactly who the victim was. Despite Rifkin telling the police about all uh, about Susie. According to ABC News, it took a long, uh, long forgotten missing person report from Blanchett's aunt, a DNA test for Blanchett's mother, and a photo comparisons between the two uh, composite of the head and the picture of Blanche for a positive identification to be made in the 1930, uh, 2013 1930. Not going to lie, just a little heads up out there. I know this is going to go a little bit off basis. Podcasting is hard. I could edit this and everything, but I'm not. Just to show you, people make mistakes. It's moving on. That's hard. Anyways, of course, at this time uh, of the murders, Joel Rifkin was happy to go. I still can't get over the fact that I was like, oh, she looks cute. Oh, she's dead. Never mind. Sorry. <laughs> Anyways, Joel Rifkin was happy to get away with the crime and as soon as he began uh, seeking out more victims. About a year later, he killed another sex worker, Julie Blackbird, while his family uh, was away. Though these murders were largely similar to the uh, similar. Similar. 
To the murderers of Blanche, this time Rufkin, uh, Rufkin avoided dumping any body parts in the woods and instead dumped uh, them in a, uh, rivers and canals, uh, weighing, the re, uh, weighing the remains down with concrete. Soon after that, Rifkin started uh, started land camping business and obscurely uh, represented career choice. Respectable career choice. Jeez. I get, I get good at some point, and then just my brain just wants to mess up. Fun. Uh, but in reality, he often used his landscaping tools to hide his victims' bodies before disposing of them. By the summer of 1933, Rifkin had killed 17 women, who, most of whom were sex workers or drug addicts, according to forensic psychologists. And author Frank F. Weber uh, authorized, uh, theorized Rifkin played, uh, preyed on sex work because he uh, thought of his birth mother maybe had been a prostitute. Now, here's the here's strange thing is, and this is going off basis, and we're just going to wait on this. The, the, most killers feel that anybody that's in the prostitution or homeless or drug addicts they're easy victims and not to say anything bad about it, it, it. They are easy victims and they are preyed upon by these sycophants. They like don't have control in their lives or they're always bullied or put down and they have these fantasies. And once they get started with the easy part of killing somebody, uh, especially if it's uh, most of these murderers I've been talking about the entire time I've been doing these episodes. It's usually sex work, sex workers, or homeless people, uh, because uh, the the people are weak. Joel Rifkin, I'm I'm gonna let you know right now, he is a weak, weak person. He started killing so he could feel better about himself, and that's what a lot of these serial killers uh, want to do. And I just want want you to realize that that. They're weak. If you show that you're strong to these people, most of the time they run away scared like little bitches. So, if you're in a situation, don't. If he's like six foot, uh, six foot four, and he looks like a shit brick house, and he's got bound to pound onto you, just run. But in in hindsight, run as fast as you possibly can. Don't do it scared. Do it running pace. And do it. Don't look back, and get out of there. And if he's if he sidetracks you and catches you off guard, take him down. Your life is worth more than his at that point. Just realize that because he's going to kill you in your life. Your life is worth more. But anyways, I digress. But according to Rift uh, itself, his decision to target sex workers was a strategic way to avoid getting caught during the murder spree. I killed prostitutes because that uh, they had no one. Uh, they had no lasting relationship, no families to, uh, for to care for them, and no one would ever look uh, look for them. And this is true. This is very true. That's another reason why they they do look for prostitutes and homeless people because nobody, everybody like looks aside uh, to the homeless people and don't even think anything of it. They don't get to know them or anything like that. So they're just extra street stuff. <clears throat> Joel Rifkin's final victim uh, would become uh, his undoing. In uh, June 1993, Rifkin strangled the 22-year-old sex worker, Tiffany uh, Branchy, and then drove her body back to his family home. Along the way, he picked up uh, a tarp and rope, 
once he got to his house, he replaced the uh, he placed the wrapped body in a wheelbarrow in the uh, garage. Well, it festered for about three days in the summer heat. On June uh, 28, 1993, Rifkin was on his way to dump the corpse when police uh, troopers learned his truck la uh, lacked a rear license plate. When they uh, attempted to pull him over, Rifkin panicked and led the authorities to a high-speed ch car chase and ended with him crashing into a utility pole. As the trooper tr uh, approached the wrecked vehicle, they immediately noticed the rancid smell and quickly found uh, Blanchard. Blanchard? Man, I said it before, and I probably messed it up, but we'll go ahead and do it again. Bresciani's body. Okay, Bresciani's body in the back of the truck. Uh, once he was arrested, Rapkin soon confessed uh, to not only a murder, uh, murdering Brent Bresciani, uh, about sixteen other women, many of whom were had been sex workers, making him the most pro uh, prolific serial killer in New York history. Though he was the uh, only convicted of nine murders, authorities felt relative confident that he was guilty of all the killings he confessed to, as he provided spe uh, specific details and an even created maps showing to where he had disposed of the bodies. In 1996, Rifkin was sentenced to 203 years in prison, ensuring that he'd spend the rest of his life behind bars. According to New York Times, the serial killer apologized for the murders uh, at his sentence and said, you all think that I am nothing but a monster, and you are right. Parts of me must be. Uh, Rifkin is currently serving his life sentence in the Clinton Cor uh, Correctional Facilities in New York. Since being locked up, he participated in a number of interviews in which he offered insights in the mind of a serial killer. And you can see these on YouTube and other places. Uh, in 2011, an uh, interview with CBS New York, he said it was very hard to stop killing people and imp implementing that murder uh, for him was an uh, addictive compar uh, comparable to smoking. He said, you think pe uh, people are as things after that. But at, uh, despite the extreme... Uh, objectification of sect workers he was unlimited uh ultimately proven wrong in his assumptions that no one would care about his victims since there were prostitutes as some of the victims family members made a point to attend his sentencing and if, uh a few also uh prepared statements uh carol uh de leon the sister of uh, reference uh, confirmed victims, 25-year-old uh, Iris Sanchez, said, Iris was far from being perfect or an angel, but I will say that she did not have to die the way she did. Strangled in the hands of Joel Rifkin. They, then, dump, uh, then he dumped her body uh, like garbage. Uh, Iris Sanchez will rest in peace with our hearts as of today, but you, Joel Rifkin, will now rot in hell. Uh, she was nice. Uh, despite uh, the seriousness of Joel, uh, Joel Rifkin's crime, he, uh, his name ended up being part of an unexplainable uh, lighthearted plot line in the sitcom Seinfeld. Just five months after Rifkin's arrest in 1993, Seinfeld uh, aired a memorial memorable 
episode in which the character Elaine Benzny is dating a man who uh, shares the same name as a serial killer. And she begs him to change change it because she uh, doesn't want her boyfriend to... Okay. Okay, this is fun. This, This is where I got confused. She begs him to change it because she doesn't want her boyfriend to be have the same thing as the murderer. Uh, and Sue, the uh, the fictitious Joel, tries to uh, come up with a solution to his dil- uh, dilemma, especially since he liked his name uh, his name as is. Ironically, Elaine eventually uh, suggests that he changes his name to OJ after the browsing the sports magazine. Just seven months before the football star, O.J. Simpson would be accused of committing murder himself. The Seinfeld joke about Rifkin is still the best-known reference to the serial killer, though there has been since release of an independent film called Joel in 2018, which dramatizes the murder, uh, the murderer's life. And more recently, in 2023, A&E's release of special cold case the Rifkin murders which features multiple never seen interviews with the killer seeing Joel Rifkin uh, calm matter of fact nature uh, while discussing his horrific crimes may make some uh, wonder whether uh, anything could have been done to prevent him from being a monster chilling we'll never know that is it on that part uh, a lot of the other references i did on this was uh i i, I did go through the a uh, couple of the interviews and everything and it's kind of weird because uh the fbi forensic uh, uh personality uh man i had the word in my head just now uh for um uh, god I wish I had people here to actually tell me what that is. Uh, it, it was Mindhunter uh, TV show. Uh, but anyways, he was doing a uh, psyche veil of what the person was. God, I personality traits and stuff like that. Uh, who, who he probably is, age limit and everything. Just going over the evidence and everything. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that they don't put into a lot of these articles, but uh, one of the things that I got was one of the investigators, one of uh, one of the guys from New York, because he actually did get like four uh, uh, chemical barrels, and, and these are metal uh, metal chemical barrels. And what he ended up doing is placing the body in there, and one of the police officers found. They had to go in and investigate and take notes and everything. Uh, on the first one, they they found and that officer respectfully threw up. I I don't see anybody. It, you have to be like very very uh, not dead inside because I know lots of people that actually can do that without having to go through anything like throwing up or. It still causes problems in their head, but they see it so often it becomes part of their uh, their lifestyle. Being a correctional officer, I can't. I, I still certain things still messes me up, but there's some of my officers that when I was working uh, with them, uh, they would they would like be eating and going, 
and and this is I had to deal with a guy that uh, got caught on fire. I mean, his skin was falling off and everything. And I I kept my composure until I left work. Luckily, it was I say luckily, but it was at the time frame to where I was uh, about to get off. Luckily, I did all the uh, stuff, so I left on time. And as soon as I got off, I got rid of everything in my stomach. Uh, until uh, some people though they want to be this all around like big big macho type man and everything like that but I tell you this right now until you actually do those things you don't you don't yeah yeah you you don't really you humble yourself just humble yourself I had a, a friend of mine that he he uh ensign central like person that he is a man's man does his own farm work and everything he raises his own uh chickens and uh hogs and uh uh cows and he's and he worked as a mortician he was very very dark person too he 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 loved dark human and everything and he worked in a morgue for like two weeks he said he's i just did two weeks and as soon as they brought in a, a kid that he had to uh, fix up for a funeral, he's like, I'm out. And the type that's the type of job that even the person that's like supervising and stuff like that is like, okay, at least you made it this long. You have a good day. They they know the people have their dropping points. But going off of that, uh, the then they found like four other uh, barrels and, and it ended up, it was like, hey, I think I think we have a serial killer, and that's when the FBI came in and started doing a profile, psychological profile. God, words just leave my head sometimes. It, it has to, it has to steam. It's like making stew. Yeah, yeah, you have to make stew sometimes with words. It has to fester inside your head, and all the, uh, the seasoning and everything gets in there, and and words finally become words <laughs> but anyways uh again i'm i'm still working on the uh, it, it it'll be out next week i'll i'll do the the first part for uh stalin i'm gonna and he is a piece of work he's a evil evil man but anyways thank you all for listening thank you all for watching and good night or day Fun tracking.